back with another episode of the Primo Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hayes, and today we have Romeo's own Dan Griffin, owner of the Romeo Barbershop. Uh, He's here to talk to us a little bit about how the corona outbreak has affected his business and uh, some of the things, the outlook for things to come here. Dan, thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks, Zach. Um, so Dan, you have a barbershop here in town. How many people do you employ? Uh, well, I don't really employ anybody. We are all self-employed, um, but I own the shop and there is a total of seven of us. Okay. The Romeo barbershop that everybody probably drives by and sees with the people waiting in the window, that is the walk-in part of the shop with five barbers on staff. Um, and then right next to that is my private suite where I work by appointment. And just recently, my wife now works there part-time by appointment also. Gotcha. So there's a total of seven of us. All right. Um, so you've got a, a decent uh, amount of people who are relying on your barbershop as their um, as their sole income. Yeah. So, and you recently, as of uh, Friday... This past Friday, you had made the decision to make that your last day. You were going to shut down whether the uh, government told you to or not. And then over the weekend, that was mandated by the official. state. They made it official. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was working pretty uncomfortably for over a week up to that point since the whole uh, corona thing going on. And uh, every day, I was just playing it by ear. And I really thought... Each day of last week, I really thought the the Gretchen Whitmer was gonna add barbershops to the list of her uh, non essential businesses, um, <clears throat> but it didn't happen. And then Friday, I don't know what it was that. Well, I do know what it was, but Friday finally, I went in, did the couple haircuts I had lined up in the morning, and I canceled out the rest of my day because. Uh, that was it. I just, I was really undecided for over a week up to that point and something in me just said, this is it. So were you, you were personally nervous about the way it was kind of spreading, what we didn't know about it, where you were just the fact that you were coming into contact, such close contact with so many people. Yeah. Is, uh, as much as I, you know, I'm not all for, uh, government, uh, intervention with, with my business or anybody's business so much. Um, it kind of bothered me that, uh, barbershops and salons were not on that list of, of businesses that had to close. I was surprised too. Yeah. You know, it's, they, they, they say non-essential businesses and then, uh, everybody stay six feet apart, social distance, and barbers and hairstylists literally stand a foot from you and touch each other. <laughs> right. uh, there's no social distancing. So every day that went on, part of me was glad that I still am working and nobody's telling me I don't have to. But at the same time, it kind of bothered me that if we were going to take this seriously, the the rules they have in place already just seem kind of inconsistent and i and i still feel that way about what i see going on out there yeah i tend to agree with you dan i mean we were kind of in the same boat i mean we were waiting for somebody to tell us to just shut it down um which is what came as of monday that announcement that which i still don't understand like why even let you have the entire weekend to make that call and let people know ahead of time but send them to work for one more day 
and then tell them they can't. It just seemed odd to me. Wouldn't you would think almost the damage would be done at that point? Um, and we were going to make that decision ourselves to to close down our retail office because prior to that nobody had been coming through. Um, and I tend to agree with you because a lot of the times in the beginning, you know, we saw it start with the ban on large crowds. And then that, that what defined a crowd, those numbers got lower and lower and lower as we went along. And it seemed like we were just doing these things haphazardly and nobody really knew what the right call was to make. Mm -hmm. Um, just to, uh, uh, we, we kept hearing that term flatten the curve and we heard that early on, but I'm kind of a, the same opinion as you is too little, too late. You know, if, if you're not going to let these large crowds assemble, how are we picking and choosing what's okay and what's not, you know? Yeah. yeah the, the, the inconsistencies in these new rules they're setting, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to say it bothers me, but I just, I just see them and it's, it's odd to me that there's not more, uh, um, Watch your tap in there; it gets picked up on the mic. Okay, there's not more <laughs> um, logic in in the rulemaking. Like today, uh, I just ran to Kroger. I did some shopping for my 71 year old mother. Even though she wanted to go, she doesn't quite get it. I said, You're a good boy, Dan. <laughs> I said, No, Ma, just make me a list and I'll go. And um, I went to take back bottles and cans, and I can't. They they won't, they're not accepting bottles and cans now. Why? I mean, we can, I can walk in the store and put my hands all over anything I want. I can walk right past people. Um, what's the difference if I return some cans or not? Yeah. Are people um, social distancing when they're in line for checkout? I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of like back to back for the most part, yeah, right? What's a shopping cart about three, four feet. Yeah. And how many germs are floating around on the shopping carts? Yeah. They've got the little Purell you can put on there, but you know, obviously the people, people have to grocery shop. How do you, how do you fight that though, Dan? I mean, you can't yeah. tell people they can't go cause that's when people will really start to panic. What would your solution be to that? You know, or just let you take back bottles. Is that the, what you're saying? Yeah. I guess what I was saying is just, that's one, that's one tiny little, uh, inconsistency in the, the, the rules that they're establishing. Like I said, it start with me. It started with my own business and then other things that I see, um, it, just little inconsistencies like that. Um, do you and think just it's people that I've talked to that are afraid to do this and that. And I just think like, like you just use some logic, you know, like if you go to the, if you're worried about going to the gas station, you know, <laughs> um, like I was talking to somebody about going fishing and I'm like, dude, go fishing. Yeah, you know, it seems what, like it seems like a great place be to be by yourself on the lake. And he's and he's like, yeah, but then I got to go stop by the gas station, fill up with gas, and and I just feel like it, I should play my part and not do that until like, you have to get gas. I mean, that that's, like, dude, that's put thing. some gloves on and fill up right. your, your tank with gas. And like he said, you know, if if I was a if I was a cop and I saw someone driving a fishing boat down the road, I'd pull him over. I'm like, come on, man. Just And that's a hard call because I think, Dan, you have a segment of the population that is uh they they're they've been self-quarantined for longer than they've been told to. They decided that they were gonna just make that call. And then you've got other people who are still 
they're still out and about. They're living their lives as if nothing else has changed. And so yes. th- there's, there's gotta be a middle ground. Like there's gotta be a, a thing of like, yes, I can still walk down my street with yeah. the kids. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I am, I, I am taking it seriously and I am staying home and not doing a lot of stuff I would normally do. But, um, I think people are taking it a little, a little too literal a lot of the time. And, and I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to catch it from somebody standing six feet away from them in the middle of a field or something. (laughs) Well, the fact of the matter is, is that you have, you still have people who are working and there's people Mm -hmm. who are going to go to their manufacturing jobs that are the, for the, the suppliers that are essential, they're going to come in contact with a lot of people and then they're going to go home. That's unavoidable. I mean, mm-hmm. you have the, yes, it's going to cut things back a little bit, but I heard that, you know, one of the Amazon facilities, somebody contracted the coronavirus. Is that going to, are they going to shut things down? I highly doubt it. <laughs> I think Amazon is the machine that just keeps going and they don't listen to anybody. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos to do anything. He has, <laughs> they might try. He's not going to listen. He's the richest man in the world. That makes him the boss. <laughs> Touche. That is very true. Uh, but how long, how long do you see this lasting for? What do you think? Cause I, I think that's the biggest question, especially as somebody, uh, as a business owner, when we're told you can't work for three weeks and I don't, and I don't believe you because I think it's going to be longer than that. I mm-hmm. think this three week shutdown is going to turn into five weeks and then maybe eight weeks. And then they're saying, okay, now it's a week by week basis. We'll review this as we see fit. And now I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around that and saying, you're, you're, you're deciding the winners and the losers. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets wrong. And that's when I have a problem with it because at what point do you say, I just can't bounce back from that because there's some businesses where a month is going to shut, is going to put them under two months is going to put them at three months. Mm -hmm. So you keep this prolonged uh, pushback and you're going to have more and more businesses fall by the wayside as a result, because I think a lot of what they say is coming is either not coming or it's going to come too late. Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll just have to see at this point. I mean, as far as uh, all I know right now is in Michigan, my business as well as the other list of them that are on uh, the same list as me, they Gretchen Whitmer said uh, till at, her words were at least April 14th. Right. So that's, that's the Tuesday after Easter. So we all get, we all get Monday, Monday off. And then... Uh, and then we'll see. We'll see if they extend that or not. But uh, you're going to have a lot of ticked off people if, if she does extend it. And uh, you probably have a lot of happy people if she extends it. I mean, well, we talked about that a little bit, Dan. I, we <laughs> like, there's a lot of people who are really digging this setup. And that's even, that's because one, uh, unemployment benefits are going to be extended, and the I, I believe you're going to get uh, an increased dollar amount for your. You know, it used to be like maybe it would match like sixty or seventy percent of your your take home pay, uh, but I think they're going to increase that. And it was just rolled out that it's looking like those those figures. Any household making less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year is going to get twelve hundred dollars per adult, and then an additional five hundred dollars per child. So you're looking at 
a family of four is going to be taking home an extra $3,400 plus any unemployment benefits that they would have received. Um, Now, for some people, that's more than they were making before. So how long, like that, that starts to feel good after a while. It's like, I'm making the, I'm getting this money and I'm not actually having to do anything. Yeah. Under $150,000 household income. What's that? 95% of the U S population. It's a big, big chunk. Yes. Yeah. So you, do you have people then Dan who are looking at this and saying, well, if the government can afford to do it once, they can afford to continue to give me something. I don't. I don't want to go back to work. Well, in reality, the government can't afford anything, but uh, they can't afford this either. No, <laughs> no. But they uh, they have they have uh, the Federal Reserve uh, to print as much money as they want. And, Two trillion dollars um, for this one. Yeah. So, and that's what, that's just the one, the one payment, the one stimulus package. That's just the, that, that's just round one to get us through what has happened so far. So me, me personally, since, uh, you're interviewing, interviewing me here on the Primo podcast, I'll just share it with you. I am not, uh, so concerned for myself personally for, uh, for a little while. Uh, I've, I've lived well below my means for a long time. Um, I've actually been dreaming of the day to take a month off for no darn reason, except that I would like to see what it's like one time in my thirties. Uh, you've been you've been, 40s. you've been you've been working for a long time. I yeah, mean, and I've never done it, and I've never had any definite plans of doing it. Like I said, it's just been been just a dream. But I I have such a large clientele; it's really hard to get away from them. And right, it's, it's really hard to explain myself to them. Yeah, they don't they wouldn't understand that, and a lot of them would probably come back to you after those 30 days, but there would be some you'd lose in the process as well. Yeah. Um, so, so what I'm saying is if, if the government does extend this, um, I don't know how I'll feel. I don't even know how I'm going to feel next week about it. Maybe I am going to be itching to get back to work. Maybe I am going to get bored. Um, but I don't, I think the, the percentage of the population who actually lives below their means and, have saved enough money um, and and had such a little amount of debt that they could go month a month or months to uh, without an income. I, I think is really small. Um, so, uh, yeah, all I'm saying is, me personally, it's not bothering me that much. Um, but we'll we'll see how long it takes. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that from the standpoint of a business owner. I mean, I started my business when it when I was 19 years old, um way back in 2005, and 15 years later, I don't think I've had a vacation that's lasted more than 5 or 6 days. I don't think I've had 7 days straight away from the shop period. Yeah. And, and that hasn't started yet because I've still been not even after your kids. No, not even after the kids. I was home for like two or three days. I definitely took more time off as far as like shorter days, yeah. but I still had to get stuff done. And that's, that's my wedding. My, uh, we never went on a honeymoon. We had, I've got two kids at home. I've never taken more than five or six days off at a time. So this is really bizarre to me, but at the same time, I was always afraid that if I did stop or if I did take that kind of time off, what would happen to my business? Mm -hmm. And when the whole world just kind of stops and that decision's made for you, 
you either use the time wisely or you, or you, uh, or you can drive yourself crazy freaking out about this stuff, but that's not going to do anybody any good. We're all in the same spot right now. Yeah. Nobody knows what the next three months looks like or the next six months looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you, I'm kind of like how you are. I don't live beyond my means. I, I like to put money away. I like to feel safe and secure because we've had these conversations before. I think we both thought something like this would happen, but not this way. No, you no, know, not, not not like a pandemic, not a virus. I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be, you know, another big crash, or you know, what happens when you know all of a sudden the 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 banks start calling in on some of their uh, bills. Everybody is so far overextended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're creating a a segment of the population now that realizes, hey, if I can, I can. I don't have to have all the things that I thought I needed. I know what I, I, I know what I need. And if I can afford it, great. But I think this is a time where we're going to see a change in the way people were spending their money too. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think, I mean, <clears throat> I think the outcome of this, uh, in a lot of aspects of this country and this, this, this world really, uh, it's going to be horrible. Um, much worse than, I think a lot of people want to recognize, especially uh, the uh, the MAGA people, the Trumpsters. They think everything's just going to bounce back, and our, he's going to be our savior. But I, I think we're I I, well, I think we're heading into a depression. You're going full blown depression, not even just a re- recession. Uh, uh, where you yes, because we're we're as if you go by the stock market and the jo- the unemployment numbers and um, the 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 GDP right now. Uh, even this, even this fast, we, I think we, we are technically in a recession already. Well, doesn't Just a it take- rapid. Now I'm not an economist. I, I, I don't know the statistics. I can't say that for sure, but looks like it to me. And I don't see it. I don't see it, uh, just bouncing right back. Like I hear a lot of these people saying and thinking, um, it's going to be, it's, it, this is, this is the single largest event, uh, in anybody living um, in their life. Yeah. And even, you know, tragic events like nine 11 that had an, an impact on things, the, obviously the, uh, the sheer impact of what happened and the way it happened was a, had ripple effects, but this is something that literally the entire country is, is experiencing in one way or, uh, or another due to the shutdowns, due to the, due to the restrictions, the world, the world, mm-hmm. the world over. And, and I think the uncertainty really scares us. Um, it, and I know it does me. I mean, I know I can get by, but what happens to a society where, you know, you're talking, I think easily 50 to 75% of the population can't, could not get through this without that government check. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even more. I mean, this is, this is what's scary is that we're, we're dealing with, um, you know, if only that one time that payment of, uh, uh, whatever it is, $1,200 per adult, $500 per kid is one time enough. Yeah. Especially, uh, when the longer that goes and the more of those payments they make, the more, uh, our dollar loses its value. Yeah, talk about that a little bit too, Dan, because I know well, that was a big thing. I just, I just wanted to say I, I didn't quite finish my thought when I said everything is. I think we're heading for a depression, and uh, it's going to last. It's going to get 
a lot worse and it's going to last longer than I think a lot of people want to uh, believe or even understand. And hey, I could be wrong, so maybe I shouldn't use the word understand. But <laughs> what do you think? Six, six months? A year? Are you talking like? No, I'm talking years. I think I think we got a whole new way of life um, after this um, pandemic. But I, I wanted to finish my thought was I think a lot of great things are going to come of this um the family unit um i think people slow down won't be in such a hurry out there in the rat race um i mean those are just two things well the family unit is a large thing but those are just two small things that i can think of off the top of my head that are going to be good to you know good things to come um I, I think you can see where I'm going. Yeah. This, have you, this. have you, uh, have you spent more time with the family as a result of this? Have you, Oh yeah, man. Shoot, <laughs> no I choice. Mean, it's, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been not even a full week, but yeah, like you were saying, you haven't had a real vacation in a long time. Neither have I, I've had right. a couple long weekends here and there and I did take off. Uh, I did take off quite a few days, uh, when both of my kids were born, but I still had people knocking Sure, you were still a a cut here, a cut there. Cut here, cut here, there, out in the yard and stuff. (laughs) But, uh, um, yeah, just like I said, we're heading into a new way of life. Um, For better? For For the uh, better, you think? Well, it it sounds like it's what you're saying are positive things. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. Like I said, financially, economically, um, politically, no, I wouldn't say for the better, but... um, maybe spiritually, um, you know, fundamentally, um, yeah, it, I, it, we, I think there's going to be a lot of aspects of our lives now that in my opinion would be better than what the way our, our culture has been. I find myself listening to a lot more of Alan Watts during this time and mm. just kind of like, you know, nice. taking in that philosophy and just, you know, really knowing that, you know, everything that we we carry on our shoulders every day is just so irrelevant and it's so and we're all gonna see that here yeah and I, I I hope so I can't help but keep thinking about that stimulus going out and okay if I if I was broke and I got this big check and I'm just thinking what 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 do I need to go buy a to survive and B, what could I buy that w- would be somewhat of an investment? What can I buy right now to, to preserve my wealth? Right. Especially if I had a few extra bucks. Yeah. How many people are going to be thinking, oh, man, I'm going to run to FAMS and get that fresh <laughs> T-shirt that I needed. You know, yeah. I'm gonna, oh, man, I'm going to order those Nikes or that, that Louis bag. Or, or like how many people are still don't understand what's going on here that are still going to have that disgusting materialistic mentality. Oh, it won't end. It won't end. There's still going to be a large, large segment that will do that. So to me, what the positive to me, the positive thing that is going to come from this tragedy is hopefully the realization of, of, of the bullshit culture that that a lot of us has have been living for all these years. Well, and, and that was, that was something Dan that, you know that's always existed to a certain extent in our at least in our uh uh generation we've we've always had really easy access to inexpensive goods and you know obviously with amazon and uh the 
the really coming of age of the internet, anything you wanted was a one click away. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to go very far to seek something out that you really wanted. So what do we do? We buy subscription boxes of stuff that gets sent to our house every 30 days of just junk and trinkets well, just to make our toilet paper. <laughs> I, that's, see, that's a great idea. <laughs> a subscription box for toilet paper and toiletries that, mm-hmm. uh, but no, even like my brother, he would get these, uh, it's, it's the, uh, the, the, the GQ gentleman's subscription box where it's like you're Sean, where you're mm-hmm. getting like tie clips and all these different, uh, uh, grooming things and all this stuff that you really don't need, but it's like, Oh, you get a, uh, you're giving yourself a gift every month. Like, do you really need that stuff now? No. Is that really something that's important or can we find other things that make us feel good? How can you, maybe, a, maybe it's a, uh, uh, a book, a philosophy book that, that, you know, you can, uh, take ideas from because I'm with you. The whole materialistic, uh, uh, chasing, chasing the dollar. Uh, it's, it's not the right way to live life. It really isn't. Yeah. Well, for one, Sean's fresh. (laughs) Um, and that's the thing. If, if you can afford it, you know, if you, if you don't have debt and you have a decent income, Buy whatever the hell you want. You yeah, know? that's true. But but the, that is that is like the, the the amount of people who fit in that category is just so small. Right. Exactly. It's mostly the people who you know the the person who's buying those things ha- they haven't maxed out their their Roth yet for the year. <laughs> they haven't. Uh, they may not have much in savings. They're just they're working to buy things. They're working. They, by the time they start their job, they're already in the hole because they stopped at the gas station on the way in and bought two packs of smokes and uh, a couple monster energy drinks. <laughs> and, and they're, uh, you know, that's, they're already down before they even punch in on the clock. I mean, that's yeah. just the grim reality of this, this world that we've set up because we have access to those things. Um, do we need them? No. But is that the only thing getting some people through the day? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to judge any one individual until, until I hear them complain. Um, I mean, I, I'm already seeing on my, my social media, my Instagram particularly consists of 95% barbers and stylists, you know, that I follow. Um, and I'm seeing these GoFundMe set up for these, these barber shops and salons. And I see these letters being written to Congress about, um, special uh you know a special grant or loan for for uh barbers and stylists who are now unemployed all of a sudden and i'm not signing that petition i'm not giving your gofundme right i I, I think that's yeah i agree with you dan i saw i saw another it was from a restaurant and they had started a gofundme page and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, but that's, that was, that's the point of the stimulus package. I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Times are tough for you and times are tough for everybody. Yeah, but, but we're like, a, what I'm saying is we're like a week, we're a week in, <laughs> right. You well, know, if well, this nobody, went six months, yeah, I might be a little more understanding of that. Sure. I know it's but too damn, early. We haven't even made it a month. Well, it just goes to show how tight a lot of people are. How many people they, there were, you know, there, those figures have been floating around for a long time that, you know, the most people don't have an extra 500 bucks for emergency situations. Mm. 
If you don't even have 500 bucks for emergency situations, what does two weeks out of work look like? That's scary because yes, there are these forgiveness plans in place for a lot of, uh, um, mortgages now for your, your Comcast bill, your DTE, your Semco, nobody's getting evicted during this time. That's, that's something. Is any of that, is any of that official yet? I thought HUD put that in place to where, um, you know, they announced that through the Trump administration. HUD's a special group of loans though, right? Uh, it's, Department of Housing and Urban Development. So I don't know if that covers everything that has to do related to to that. I'm not positive on that, Dan. Well, I but- guess where where this conversation has has turned is um, the uh, the virus. You know, not to take away from anybody suffering from this thing, but this is going to pass fairly quickly. The real problem here is is the financial system is the dollar and the debt and it's a crisis and that is what's going to be exposed um that's already the main issue for uh the good majority of us because it's actually a very tiny percentage of people who are um fighting this virus but uh that's the real problem here that's what's being exposed and uh that's what we're gonna have to deal with for years to come you know they they can they can they can print money and give out grants and stimuluses for forever they can do it all they want but there's going to come a point where so much so many dollars are printed before the dollar isn't worth shit anymore it's right like literally it's not going to be worth anything well we were already i mean that had gotten to a certain point early on where you know we were we were seeing that argument even before this started happening you know we keep putting ourselves into more and more debt as a nation where you know we are we going to be where's the confidence in the dollar at that point you know are we the are we the benchmark anymore maybe not i don't know if we're the gold standard well why you know why i said this is going to be a depression and this is going to last for years to come because you know like you were just saying about the the individual who doesn't have a five hundred dollar savings for an emergency well it's it's kind of the same thing for um even big corporations, you know, sure. you know what I mean? Like everybody talks about, everybody, you know, was bitching about how Amazon doesn't pay taxes. They don't pay taxes because when you have a business, you can invest all your profit back into your business and then you have no taxes to pay. You you, you don't pay taxes on money that you are reinvesting, are reinvested in your business. So you don't, you don't pay taxes on the income that goes to your costs. And when you reinvest and um, leverage all your your profit, you're not paying taxes. So when we have these huge corporations, and not even just them, but any business really, uh, they're going to leverage every dollar they have. Leverage meaning they're going to go into debt to try to invest to make more of a profit later. So it's not just small individuals that that don't have this little emergency fund. It's the biggest corporations you can think of that don't have that extra money either. It's all, they're all in debt. Everybody is in debt. So when the government is going to be uh, doing all these buybacks or um, bailouts, I mean, when the government is going to be bailing out everybody out, it's going to be trillions and trillions and the problem is not going to get solved. That's what happened after two two thousand eight. We didn't learn our lesson from that. No, you know, it, this all this uh, 
all this greatest economy ever that that Trump's got everybody fooled by. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a Trump hater, but I'm just saying everybody thinks this is not the greatest economy ever. There is nothing backing our money. It's literally paper. And now it's not even paper. It's digital. It's zeros that they can just <laughs> zeros add and ones, yeah. as many ones and zeros to the screen as they want. So well, when you say that too, Dan, it's that's what I've always been concerned about for uh, for companies because I've always said it's not about how much money you make or how much you bring in. It's how much money you have, how much cash do you have access to? Mm-hmm. Are you able to use somebody else's money to pay your bills? And when I say that, I mean, taking money in from investors. I mean, taking money in from banks as lines of credit. Mm-hmm. If people really, if you had to go up and down some of these large manufacturing facilities, find out how much they actually have in debt. Because I will guarantee you it's a hell of a lot. They're using lines of credit to pay their payroll, Mm -hmm. and they're only as good as the money that they have coming in. And that's what happened a lot in 2008 when that buck stopped and the big guys decided they weren't paying it out anymore. That's when people got in trouble. And that's when you saw the smaller manufacturers have to close up shop because they no longer could collect on their uh, receivables. So if you called those loans in tomorrow... Mm-hmm. How many companies, how many corporations are going to have enough in the bank to say, sure, I can pay that in full. Yep, That's why these other, these loans have to come through for this to even continue on. If those loans that they're talking about aren't put up, you will see half of the economy shut down. I can almost bet on that. Yeah. And they're going to try not to let that happen. And it's not going to happen right away, but... I can't go into detail, but the way I see it right now is most of these banks, they're they're already bankrupt. I mean, they all shut the doors already. I mean, literally shut the doors because of this virus. But I think a lot of them are are probably not going to be opening back up. Yeah, that's that's what I'm curious to see too. This is almost like the the scene in The Wizard of Oz where they pull back the curtain. And yeah. they find out who who's really in power here and who's really controlling the dials. And it's not what you thought. Yeah. So these companies that seem like these uh, behemoths, mm-hmm. when you really pull back the curtain, it's it's really messy. Yeah, they're and, fr- they're fragile, just like just like the rest of us. Yeah, and maybe if they weren't, uh, um, you know, if they weren't positioned properly or they aren't quite big enough, they're going they're going to let them fail, and you're going to see big. Uh, and and a lot of these companies will probably restructure or they'll sell off. They'll be bought up by companies who can afford to weather this storm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what you're going to see a lot of too. I'm going to swallow these guys up for pennies on the dollar. You know, I was just telling my wife this morning, she said, we, we should start looking into maybe trying to buy some stocks. And I said, well, first of all, just wait, because <laughs> this market is going to go down quite a bit further, I think. But, um, and then I was just thinking, I think Anheuser Busch. You could buy Anheuser Busch, right? That's a publicly I, traded. Yeah, I believe corporation. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, all these breweries out here, <laughs> like the they're they're not going to make it. But yet, the people's uh, uh, want of craft beer is not going to go away. Sure, I could see Budweiser uh, buying up 
you know, any, any of these small breweries that are worthwhile, you know, well, hasn't, hasn't that happened a lot? Like that's kind of been the move that a lot of people don't like where, you know, I think most recently founders, primo stock tips (laughs) was founders, uh, sold recently to a, to a large conglomerate, if I'm not mistaken. And a lot of people were not happy about that because the, 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 the path of the craft brewer has always been so anti big beer. You know what I mean? That's always been yeah. the, that, that, and, and eventually, you know, and they all start small, but I mean, they, you can't fault a company like that for quote unquote selling out. I think that the, and it was a huge price tag. You're going to yeah. tell them not to do that. Yeah. They didn't put all that work into not, to not, uh, profit on it. Yeah. How long can you just follow your passion before mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I've had enough of this. Yeah, I can still have my passion plus my uh, riches. Yeah, exactly. I actually, I mean, it's just Founders, but I'm I actually like it because Founders has got the 15 packs of like good beer. Like <laughs> they always throw I those, don't, those extra three in. I'm not buy, I'm not paying 15 bucks for a four pack of all these little hipsters brewers uh, brews around here. You know what I mean? Founders has got good craft beers by the f- 15 pack for. Uh, for fifteen bucks, that all day IPA, it. that all day IPA, you can't beat it during the summer. Yeah, I mean, that's sure. uh, that's good stuff. But you know, I I agree with you, Dan, that this is going to ultimately be a change in w- whether it's for for better or worse. I mean, uh, we're we're getting into uncharted territory here, you know, and um, we got into it. <laughs> we we got into. Do you think it was? Were you surprised to see how? how quickly and how easily the average person just kind of fell in line based on, you know, the fact, just based on what we've heard from the media and from uh, uh, what our government's telling us, because we basically went from uh, late February to where we were being told by President Trump that this was, yeah, we might get 10 or 15 cases here, but by the end of the week, it'll be down to zero. <laughs> well, 30,000 30, cases and 1,000 deaths later, we're uh, learning that that's not true. Yeah, he has said, I, I, that, that, that scene with him, that Dr. Fossey face palming, which I'm sure it was. I'm sure what really was going on is not the uh, picture that they're putting out there, but it's just perfect uh, to it sums it to, up to sum up this this president right now. But uh, I just don't think I don't think he knows this is a situation that he can't. Um, you know, there's only so much he can do in that scenario. Yeah, I'm it's not- just like it, with him, it's like you don't. How many times can you reassure the American public over and over, or tell them like because really the outlook is grim right now as far as the numbers, the way we keep seeing them chart up. But we're also like, you know, if this was happening 50 years ago without the 24 seven news cycle, without the Facebook feeds, because I really think Facebook is what was initially fueling a lot of the, the fear and the speculation and, and not to mention all the misinformation that's floating out there. This, this, this wouldn't have happened 50 years ago. I mean, I, I don't know how did how did the population react in 1918 when the, the last time this happened? I mean, I I don't know. I haven't like really read up on it or anything. But how did they get the word out? And at what point did they get the word out? And how did people react? I mean, this wouldn't have happened this fast. This this response ever. And I'm not 
I, I just can't believe how well I can, but I don't want to get all political over this. I mean, I'm not worried about politics right now. I, you know, I'm not, all I want is for this to get passed. And, and if I, or my loved one needs to go to the hospital, I sure as hell hope we can get some help. Sure. You know, so everybody bitching about Trump this and the Democrats that, and, um, they didn't respond soon enough. And they, it's like, w- would you have done better? I mean, how can you judge anybody at any level for responding to something like this? And people do constantly. That's the first thing is always the blame game. And it's no different in politics than it is in sports. You know, it's, it's the guy, the, the Monday morning quarterback who's sitting there and, and, and judging the performance of a pro athlete uh, when <laughs> yeah. he can barely, uh, the guy can barely do a sit up. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's the reality of it. We, we tend to judge those who, uh, who we're, I'll just say people are, people are envious of these people in these positions because it's something that they know that they couldn't do for the most part. I think that's a lot of it. Well, I mean, these, some of these, these like real hardcore Trumpsters and, and not even them. I think a lot of people, they, they literally think that this is a Democrat, uh, plan to their last ditched effort to stop the reelection of Trump. And it's like, well, because who said dude, that there might Trump did Trump said this was a hoax. <laughs> there That's, might be some truth to that, but seriously, why are you even, why are you even like banking on that right now? Aren't you worried about your health and, and your finances and, and, and your future? I mean, I just, I'm so disgusted with, with, with the Kate, with mainstream TV and news right now. Like I, and people are so hung up on it more than ever. And, and in a time where should we should be uniting more than ever, we're getting even further divided on this issue. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just because, and, and, but it's funny how, how quickly everybody is okay with taking that, that stimulus check when, you know, (laughs) When when Andrew Yang was sitting at the the uh, on the podium as a as a candidate and basically was uh, ostracized for even suggesting the concept of a universal basic income. Yeah, I mean at that point, you know, we're not uh, we're not Democrats or Republicans. That we're all just American then. You know? <laughs> yeah, give me that money. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I don't I care. Mean, that check ain't red or blue. That that check is green. Honestly, man, I. It, Depending on how long this goes, I'm going to take that check and disperse it amongst my five barbers that work at my shop. You know, I, oh really? I, yeah, and I, I, I already told. Even them, knowing that they're going to get that too, they're going to get the check as well. Um, yeah, probably. Like I said, depending on how long it goes, um, I haven't thoroughly thought about it yet. This when you when you just told me thirty four hundred bucks just now, that's. Well, that would, be, first that, would, well, that would be 1200 per adult and then 500 per kid. Yeah. So for you as a, a father uh, of two yeah. with your wife, you guys would get $3,400. Which that is one of my, yeah, that is one of my barbers. And then a single mom, two single people, and then... Larry, the old man who's retired, I don't think he needs any help from. I don't know if he would. I don't point. know if he would get that if he's not. Uh, he's gonna be. He's gonna be seventy this year. Gotcha. A couple months, but anyways, I, I already told them. Um, even though we got halfway through March with with being open, having an income, 
it did start to slow down this last week. And I told them, just go ahead and keep, keep your chair rent for this month. You that, know, that's a, I think that's a good call. That That's uh that, that's, that's helping out where you can, you know, yeah. something that's a feasible, uh, uh, action. You, you shouldn't have to go bankrupt to take care of people, but you can help where you can. Yeah. And, and next month, if, if, if we do go back April 14th, it's a barbershop. Everybody's going to be looking like <clears throat> grizzly bears. We're going to have an influx of people coming in. It's going to be busy as hell. We're, we're, everybody will do good. So if we go back at that time, even though it's half the month, they can help me out a little bit. There you but go. We'll, we'll discuss that when the time comes. But, you know, we started this conversation with you asking how I'm responding to this as a business owner. So that's that's a little bit there. Yeah, no, that's a, and I think that's a great takeaway from this. Um, is there anything that you want to, that we didn't cover yet that you kind of want to just get out there and any topic that we could, uh, yeah. Could we take a little break first? And yeah, I, yeah. I got some, I got some more topics we could go into here. All right. Nice. I think so. We'll, we'll take a break on this one. I think we'll chop this uh, episode up into two parts. So that's part one and we'll be back next time with part two. Uh, Dan, you are officially the first two parter episode. Uh, so you guys will have to tune in next time to hear, uh, what else, uh, Dan Griffin has to say on this topic. Nice. Uh, we'll be back in your feed tomorrow with the uh, updated episode here.